well, good morning, and uh, thank, thank you for listening. Um, I don't know if I take the time to thank everybody for listening in and sharing my journey with me. <clears throat> Not enough anyway, I should say. <clears throat> of course, I'm leaving the house now on the road, um, just kind of feeling melancholy today. I watch a show in the morning. Tells you how old I am. I call it a show. I watch a uh, YouTube video in the morning <clears throat> called uh, Trout and Coffee, and uh, it's it's really good. It's about this young kid. He's probably mid twenties. Was probably approaching thirty. I'd say maybe closer to thirty than he's not. Um, <clears throat> he's got a little podcast and a, or a video YouTube channel called Trout and Coffee. He's got a way with words that are like reading poetry, and uh, he's uh, just a really interesting guy to watch. And uh, oh, let me say hi to my neighbors here, leaving my yard, John and Mary. Morning, John. Uh oh, John's coming over to talk to me. Hold on just a second. Hey, good morning. Man, I see you walking like a 30-year-old. How you doing? Good morning. I have. Have you? Super nice couple. I like them. I told them they had a really great neighbor next door, Mary and John. I'm serious. I did. Good people. Good people. right now, and I think that the country is so divided right now with this January 6 hearings going on all the time, and they're trying to eliminate him from the ballot. I think that it would be too hard. I think really he should just get out of the way and let DeSantis run, because DeSantis is the favorite child of the Republican Party right now. Well, 
Well, I don't think. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. think a DeSantis Trump ticket would be a guarantee for the White House, just my personal opinion. But I, I think that it'd be another four years of what Trump went through. And I don't think DeSantis and Casey, his wife and their children could go through that and survive. I just, I, I think he's a strong governor. I think he's a great governor, but I think that his wife would it just be too much. But I think if they just get, the media just doesn't want Trump back in there again. They've decided they don't want him back in there. <clears throat> they didn't want him in the first time, but I'm, I'm saying, though, I think that if he runs, it could confuse a lot of voters and it could split the vote, unless they ran on the same ticket. Now, if they ran on the same ticket, it'd be a guarantee, but our country would be, you know, I'm, I'm afraid somebody would try to kill both of them, you know, because we're at a point now where, you know, we were at a bowling point before, but now the pot is just literally bowling over, so we're, uh, our country is, is divided, <clears throat> unlike it's ever been divided in my lifetime. Like we're on the precipice of just you know, you know, one gunpowder away from a, a civil war, you know. And uh, yes, sir. I love you, John. Come on, brother. I don't see you enough. Oh, Kat Kamek. She took uh, Ted Yoho's place. Yeah, she worked for Ted for years. She was like him, like I am to my boss. She was like him to him, to his to her boss. And um, she's awesome. She's she's very much. I mean, she she hammers them home on the border. She hammers them home on this you know, COVID stuff. And, I mean, she's she's good people. She's good people. What happened was they changed the they changed the uh, district. It used to be Te- uh, Dunn was here. No, I'm sorry. It used to be unfortunately it was Lawson that was here. Al Lawson was here. He had Corrine Brown's on the seat. Remember that one that kind of snaked over the whole panhandle well they switched it now she's in his position so oh do it u.s house of representatives she's good people though i trust look her up yep good to see you john well as you can see i have neighbors that uh have uh, definite opinions uh, in my neighborhood, it's a it's a really small neighborhood. Um, I don't think we have more than 50 houses, maybe, maybe maybe a little less than 50 houses. Anyway, we've got uh, got some older, more established homes here. I think mine was built back in '86 and uh, 1986. That is, and. I think that uh, most of the people that live within this neighborhood are just probably, well, I'm 55, so I'd say the average person lives up in here is probably 50, maybe a little older, but uh, I call John the Don of the neighborhood. John actually lives in uh, the corner house, uh, old, old antebellum style looking home. It's brick, but it uh, reminds me of the old southern homes. He's got the uh, big live oaks in his front yard that hang over with the moss and everything. And 
and uh, of course I do too. I got three huge live oaks in my yard, and uh, I don't know if they call them water oaks or live oaks, but they're huge. And uh, our neighborhood is very old, very older established neighborhood. Now John happens to live in the house. He and Mary live in the house uh, that was owned by a doctor, a medical doctor, and his wife. And uh, they had lived there, and I don't really know how long ago this was. It had to be a, a hot minute ago. But uh, apparently the doctor, I don't know if he had some kind of uh, issue, health issue or what, but uh, he killed his wife in the house and then turned the gun on himself and killed himself. And uh, the guy next door to them hung himself in the garage. Now, this was at different times, but over the last decade. And then the house that I bought, uh, the guy shot himself in the head upstairs, killed himself. Um, so there's a, it's kind of an ironic, uh, weird sort of strange events of suicide and murder suicide in our neighborhood. And it's not a bad neighborhood. When I say all that, it sounds terrible, but, um, anyway, John and Mary have lived there for, gosh, I'd say 25 years, maybe. So it's been a while since that happened, but, uh, and I don't know when the guy hung himself, but. I know the guy that killed himself, uh, we've been in the house for uh, two years in April, and so I'm guessing it was probably within six months to a year before we bought, uh, so within the last three, three and a half years, he killed himself, so kind of a... Uh, kind of crazy really if you think about it I mean what are the odds it'd be that many murders and, uh, or suicides and murder anyway just kind of interesting factoid there um, it's a small little neighborhood one way in one way out and uh, I live right at the front uh, almost to the very front but um, I had a neighbor next to me I think he was in his 80s and uh, Francis was his name Francis was a super interesting fellow to talk to and always working in his yard. And <clears throat> of course, he was retired, but um, he died about two months ago. COVID compli complications. Um, he was uh, not doing well and uh, he was in hospice. And I don't know exactly what cancer. Not, it wasn't COVID, I'm sorry. He had COVID, but he didn't die from COVID. He had cancer. Um, and Francis was a super nice guy. Uh, got around better than I did. Um, was always out in his yard working and just really, really, really nice neighbor to have. And I went to see him in hospice and he said he was doing better. And uh, he was sitting up talking and, you know, I wanted to come by and see him. Just, I didn't know if it might be the last time I see him, so... I wasn't really sure, so I went to check on him, and he, um, we visited for, I don't know, maybe, maybe less than 10 minutes, and then some fella came in, and he knew him, and they, they visited a while, and I said goodbye, and honestly, I didn't know that that'd be the last time I said anything to John, and then he died, uh, I didn't even know he died till, I mean, Francis died. Then John, across the street, John called me and told me Francis had died, and I didn't know that. And I felt I felt badly because I I would have liked to have gone to his funeral. Uh, 
he was, I think he, I'm not sure if it was his second wife or if it was his first wife and it was her second husband, I'm not sure, but he married a, a younger lady, uh, John was, I mean, golly, Francis was in his 80s, I think he was 84, but he didn't act or look like an 84-year-old, honest to God, he, he, he probably acted more like a 60-year-old, but uh, anyway, um, his wife was younger and she wasn't as uh, friendly as Francis was, and you know, I don't think I can honestly say that I, in the year and a half that we were there that I have I ever uh, met her or talked to her or anything. Um, John and Mary across the corner there in the Annabellum home, they uh, they come over and introduce themselves, but nobody else did. And then, of course, you know, Francis, I'd see him out in the yard. He'd talk to me from time to time, but um, I guess John and Mary were probably the only ones who really introduced themselves to us as new neighbors. Uh, guy across the street, his name was Mark. Mark and his wife, Tabitha, uh, rented the house across the street from us. I always liked that house. It uh, set back a little far from the road, kind of like mine. Um, and uh, it had big, big windows in the front. It looked like an old cabin, looked like something that belonged more in, uh, in uh, uh, what do you call it? up in the mountains somewhere next to a creek and in the woods or something that it did in our neighborhood. I always liked it. it had that dark, dark wood to it. And, uh, anyway, Mark and his wife, um, they moved out, I guess, about, golly, maybe a month or two ago. Um, Mark was a salesman for a chemical company, super nice guy, um, always very friendly when I saw him, had a, a big uh, Harley motorcycle he would crank up from time to time and ride around. And uh, he had a couple of guys that come over and ride with him. Always waved. Always nice guy, you know. Um, and then next door to Mark and Tabitha um, was, is Charlotte. Now, Charlotte is a New Englander. Um, she's probably pushing 80. Um, very active. Uh, typical New Englander. Um, just very strong, but very quiet, you know, if you've ever met New Englanders before, uh, they're, they're very resilient, um, they're very quiet, they, uh, they're, uh, they don't let anything stop them, but she's not real friendly, she's not mean or hateful or anything, she's just not overtly friendly, and, you know, when I see her in her yard or going for a mail or something, I'll, I'll stop and say hi, and, you know, wave at her, and, uh, and Kathy was my neighbor just next door to me on the other side. Had Francis on one side and Kathy on the other. And Kathy, of course, got a little older and I think she had Parkinson's. She shook a lot and um, she was young actually for Parkinson's. I'd say Kathy was probably in her early 60s. And uh, she moved out shortly after we moved in. Uh, I knew Kathy because she and I went to church together. And um, she moved out and sold and some guy and his wife bought it. They're not friendly at all. Uh, very reclusive. Uh, they got a either a little girl or a little boy. It's kind of hard to tell, and I don't know if it's a, a kid that's transitioning or has transitioned or what, but it's just a little difficult for me to tell, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, uh, I'm, 
I'm judging from a distance when I see the kid out there mowing and playing basketball. I think it's a little girl, but I'm not really sure. But at any rate, they have a child. Uh, it's a teenager, and um, I was kind of hoping that you know they would strike up a conversation with my son, who's a teenager. There aren't very many teenagers in the neighborhood, and uh, but that didn't work out. But um, they're they're gardeners. They they keep their yard. You know, they got a little container garden going on. And, um, of course, behind me, uh, over the fence there, I've got a privacy fence. Um, there's a couple there, uh, Mitzi and Ralph. Uh, Ralph works for, I believe, UPS or FedEx. Uh, super nice guy. Uh, they got a son who graduated the uh, Naval Academy. Super, super smart kid. Uh, good people. Very nice. Um, very friendly. I've talked to him from time to time. Hadn't seen Ralph in a while, but I'd heard that Ralph got into a little fender bender in his truck and, and was out for a little while, but I think he might be back now. But super, super nice guy. I think uh, it's been a while since I've seen him. But they had a guy living next door to them, an old guy, old guy in his 90s, probably close to 100. Um, and uh, he died. And I found out after the fact that he had died that he was Jefferson Davis's grandson. Now, Jefferson Davis might sound familiar to you. Um, in the South, when the North and the South had their war, back in the 1860s, I believe it was, um, when America had their Civil War, America chose a president to represent the Confederate States uh, that had broken off. Well, Jefferson Davis was the guy that they chose. And uh, apparently this guy was his grandson. Go figure, right? Um, anyway, I'm sorry that I, I never got an opportunity to talk to him because, golly, I can't imagine the uh, the uh, conversations we would have had. Um, but anyway, um, he died, and ironically enough, um, his son-in-law, or his grandson-in-law, I don't know who but at any rate, he was dying too, and so uh, he has cancer, and I think he passed away too, and so that house is up for sale, or might have been bought by now, but I try to avail myself of my neighbors, um, because I think it's important, you know, when you're in a neighborhood, to get to know your neighbors, it's just, I'm the kind of person that I'm, I'm very friendly, I, I mean, I think I am, uh, and I've genuinely like people so I try to know my neighbors so um, I found out that uh, a former nurse that I used to work with Kathy and her husband lived behind me next to um, Ralph and Mitzi and uh, so I went over there one day after I just moved in and, and met her son and, um, anyway I don't know why we never connect reconnected again I guess she just stayed busy um, and then ironically enough my very best friend in college, um, Timmy, lived just two houses down, and um, that was kind of a nice surprise. And Timmy's a great neighbor. He's he's a single guy. I think he's been married twice, maybe, and divorced, and so he's he's living there. He took his mom in with him. Timmy and Tracy were twins, and I knew them in college, and they were both extremely intelligent, very very uh, talented musicians. Um, Tim could play, golly, Tim could play just, well, Tracy too, they both were just accomplished musicians in their own right, 
and they could play anything they put their hands to. And um, I was always just so uh, enamored by their by their gift. It's just amazing um, their their ability to hear notes and hear the right notes. And the wrong notes always stood out to them. And so anyway, uh, Tim lives down there, um, and I love to go visit with Tim. Tim's a tinker. He likes to tinker with things. He's got a lot of patience. He's Tim's kind of a a recluse. He, he, he was back in college days too. I remember that. Very quiet guy. Doesn't say much, but super, super nice guy. Uh, do anything in the world for you. Tim has uh, Tim has been a great neighbor. Uh, I just I think the world of Tim, and I'm so glad that you know our lives have <coughs> intersected again. Uh, there was a time in college after college we didn't we didn't speak at all. Tim Tim and I just kind of drifted apart anyway um, then of course next to Charlotte uh, across the street next to her is uh, a younger well I said younger couple they're not younger than us they're probably older than us uh, Sandy and Paul I think I'm not really sure I forget names <laughs> and then you kind of go down a hill it's really 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 pretty down there you kind of go down this this hill into the into the woods and the trees sort of canopy over the over the road and it's really pretty and there's a little creek down there and uh, I don't know very many people back beyond the hill uh, there's a lot of people back there but uh, I don't know very many of them I, I, I see them and wave to them from time to time you know when I'm out my mower or whatever but uh, anyway that's my neighborhood and uh, we've lived there for a couple of years and this is only the second house I've ever owned or at least pay for, <laughs> uh, paying for, should be the process there. Um, anyway, I love my house. It's a two-story house. It's uh, about 20, 2,800 square feet. We, we enclosed the garage and made, a, and made a par- an apartment out of it for my oldest daughter and her, her husband. Uh, and, and there's an upstairs. And there's two bedrooms upstairs, and one of them has its own little balcony, and it's nice. My daughter has that. She's kind of my hippie child. I don't know where that came from, but she's a little hippie. Um, I think she'll be 25 in October. And uh, then my oldest daughter, she's almost... I think she'll be 29 in February. Um, she's starting teaching, and uh, she's very excited. This is her first year of teaching. She'll be teaching English to seventh graders, and she's very, very excited about that. Um, she had initially got her degree in marketing, business and marketing, and just decided that really wasn't what she wanted to do. And, uh, of course, I have my 14-year-old at home. <laughs> Took him shopping yesterday, and um, he didn't like his mom to take him shopping because she likes to take too long. And he's kind of like his daddy in that way. He likes to, you know, get what he wants and get out of there, not linger. And uh, he knows what he wants. And of course, my wife was always, you know, trying to talk him into wearing things that he doesn't want to wear. So I don't do that. I realize, you know, he's 14 years old. He's got his own desire and his own style. And uh, that he likes the, he's a brand whore, as my uh, daughter likes to call him. He likes brand name stuff. And he 
of course they didn't really they weren't raised on brand names because they were homeschooled and uh, you know we didn't really worry too much about brand names we just got quality clothing and so my son of course goes to public school and and I get it you know brands are important and um, he's not so brand conscious that he won't wear anything that doesn't have a brand he's a pretty good kid he doesn't complain about a lot of things you know he's he's a good boy and so I don't mind buying him <clears throat> you know things that are on sale if they're brand name I'm I don't like spending a lot of money on things, but you know, I, I don't want him to feel left out. I don't want him to feel different than the other kids. I mean, I felt that way when I was growing up. It's not, it's no fun. But he's a good kid. He makes good grades. Makes A B honor roll. He's a typical teenager, you know. Um, but he's a good boy. He's about, I'd say, he's probably six feet by now. He keeps growing. He's growing and growing and growing so quickly and so fast that um, I think about two months ago we bought him clothes and uh, the shirts are too small now because he's grown so quickly uh, I'm not that tall I'm 5'10 on a good day when I stand up tall wearing my shoes uh, I'm a slumper I, I have terrible posture uh, my son is tall and he's got wide shoulders blonde hair blue eyes he's a handsome kid he, he, uh, he got all the all the good traits of of his mama and myself. His mama's beautiful. <clears throat> she's still beautiful. She's 50, golly, she's 53, 54. Um, she still looks good. She has maintained her beauty through her years. She is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I'm a very, very, very lucky man to marry such a beautiful girl because I am not pretty at all. Never been good looking, never been anything. I had to make it up my mind personality so when my kids were cute I was so glad because I I was worried that I might pass on the ugly gene but uh, they uh, they they didn't get it thank God but they did get a lot of my good traits my oldest daughter got my hard-working traits uh, self-determination my middle daughter she's got my creative traits she's very much the artist and you know, very creative and spontaneity is her thing and <coughs> my son he got my wife's intelligence, but he got my humor, which is good. So, and he got her looks, which is even better. So, he's probably going to conquer the world one day. But uh, my kids are very blessed. You know, we're very blessed. I, I have a great job. I, I love my job. I love my family. I love being a husband. I love being a dad. I love being a grandpa. <laughs> I got a really good life. <clears throat> I can't complain. But this morning, as I was watching that YouTube video, I watch a lot of that. Actually, I started watching Trout and Coffee, oh gosh, I'd say a couple of years back, and uh, just happened to find this kid online, and his voice is so calming, and, and uh, he's just this young kid, you know, who's, uh, for lack of better words, just uh, like a little hippie, you know, um, but he's a, he's a smart kid, he's got his degree, um, he does videos, and, and um, he's, he's really good at his, uh, has a, he does advertisement, I think that's what he got his degree in, <coughs> um, good looking kid too, good looking kid, um, very well spoken, lives up in Massachusetts, I, I'm not sure exactly where, but Western Mass, beautiful where he lives, um, and he basically just, he, uh, 
videotapes his whole life with his friends. And, uh, he's got some really cool friends, Mason and John. And they're just they're just accomplished kids, you know, young kids, uh, young adults <laughs> who are who are accomplished and hardworking. And they all kind of interact with each other, and they have a great time. And you know, and, and he just he just records his life, and it's just it's so incredible. He puts really good music behind there. Some of the best music I've ever found was on his show. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, um, I listen to him in the mornings before I go to work. I try not to tune into the news, um, even though I'm a conservative at heart. Um, I don't like to listen to the news because, regardless of who's given the news, it seems to me that it's just all doom and gloom and. I just don't really, as I get older, I, I, I don't like to, I don't like to, um, to watch all the doom and gloom so much. <coughs> and so I tune into things that kind of, that, that give me peace. And I will tell you, if you get the opportunity, and I'm not trying to tout this guy's show for any other reason other than I totally enjoy it. And it's kind of peaceful in the mornings when I start my day. It's like I start my day off very peaceful. And a lot of times at night when I'm finishing up my 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 day and I'm tired and I get home and you know I got a nice cold adult beverage in my hand and I can watch a little bit of trout and coffee and it's 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 relaxing and it's and it makes me wistful I guess melancholy when I watch it because you know I. I think here's this kid who has found, you know, something he loves to do, which is travel. He likes to travel around the area and different places around New England, which is gorgeous. And, you know, he likes to eat really good. He's kind of a foodie. He likes to eat a lot of good food. He's not a fat kid. He works out, you know, very uh, trim and healthy looking, but (laughs) he's found a, a way to I guess show show his life and his journey to other people and, and they tune in and then you know he makes money from I guess the viewers and people that uh, I guess invest in his show the Patreons I guess anyway I think it's pretty smart I'm, I'm, I'm always in awe when I when I see someone who has who has that uh, ingenuity that that spirit of, of uh, entrepreneurship you know I never really had that. Uh, I tried. It just, it just wasn't in me. I could sell a product. I was really good at selling anything, but <laughs> I, uh, I tried a couple of times, I think, in my life, um, but uh, I wasn't successful. I didn't make it past the planning stage. But when I see people like this kid who are doing things they love to do, and and he's got this girl on there that I think they're dating. And, do the same she she does similar stuff <clears throat> they're both very creative and they're both uh, they're both entrepreneurs and I think he's probably doing really well with his with his um, videos anyway if you get a chance watch it it's called trout uh, trout and coffee uh, he has a lot of a lot of wisdom on there but mostly it's just calming anyway it makes me think about my life and and it, it, 
makes me a little melancholy, and I, I got a little melancholy this morning. I, I suffer from that from time to time, melancholyism. Um, and I guess I probably wouldn't have a podcast if I, if I didn't have some melancholy in me. My dad was a little bit of a melancholy, um, but I think that it, it sort of crippled him a little bit. But um, anyway, as I think about it, I think about, you know, I can't help but think sometimes, you know, we always do this. I guess I do, maybe not everybody, but <coughs> we always see the grass greener on the other side of the septic tank, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I have to remind myself that, you know, I'm exactly where where God wants me. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, even though I'd like to, I like other people's lives. I, I sometimes have to be very careful that I don't want to be that life, have that life, because that life was made for them, that, that experience, that journey, that's their journey, this is my journey, you know, and when I, when I think about that, and I dwell on it, it it kind of, you know, sometimes, sometimes I can, I can be um, a little selfish, and and think, you know, woe is me kind of thing, and, and, um, and I have to catch myself, and say, you know, there are people out there who would love to live my life, I, I don't know who they are, but I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who would trade my life for theirs any day of the week. And uh, I have to realize sometimes, and I have to bring myself back to this understanding that uh, yeah, this is my life. This is this is what I was created for. Um, no one can do what I do in this life except for me. And so, even though as much as I'd like to say, gosh, I wish I were like this kid, you know, um, good looking and smart, you know, uh, had my own show and was able to, you know, do all the fun things that he does, have all the experiences he has, the truth of the matter is, is that if I was supposed to have that, I would have it. And that's for him. So I have to be careful. You know, personally, I have to be careful that I don't get caught up in trying to be like other people. You know, I think a lot of times, um, I know for me when I was younger, it was that way a lot because I didn't really know who I was. And so I would, I would want to be like other people that I, you know, uh, that I looked up to or that I, that I was um, enamored by, you know, I wanted to emulate them in my life because I liked what they represented, you know, and there were people who, who I did want to be like because they were cool or they were, (coughs) they were successful or they were good looking or they were popular, you know, typical stuff for, for a teenager, you know, our whole life is, is based on our social construct, which is high school, you know, and, or middle school or, maybe college, um, and so I think there were lots, well, not lots, but there were a few people that I really, I really envied, and I think as I get older, I, I envy what I, what I feel like I could not accomplish, and, um, I don't feel, I don't feel like I was as successful as I wanted to be, and I think that's because, I think because I feel like there's always room for, for, I don't know, forward movement, uh, upward mobility, 
bettering yourself. I always feel like there's there's room for that, and there's more room for that. And so I think that I raise the bar sometimes, and I'm not happy with where I am. I'm not content, I should say. I can be happy with where I am. I'm just not content <coughs> with being where I am. I want to be more. I want to do more. And it's I think the motivation really is is the secret behind it because I see other people and they have this this life that, you know, I think, gosh, if I could do that, then I could have this life. But I have to be careful that, you know, things happen. Things happen for a reason. There are some things that we have control over, um, you know, what pair of socks I put on, what shirt or pants I choose, you know, what route I decide to take to work. But I do believe there are certain things along the way that that kind of happened without us even knowing about it. I mean, it just happened. It's, it's kind of, you know, uh, woven into the fabric of time. And uh, I, I think that there are things that are just meant to happen that are going to happen no matter what. And uh, some people call that fate. You know, I, I just call it God's hand, you know. And um, I just believe there are just some things that, you know, I can try as hard as I want to do these things, but if it's not the direction I'm supposed to go in, then I can't help but think that, you know, God is going to put a block in front of me, a roadblock, or, or have me get off at an exit, or have me stay on the interstate of life, you know. <clears throat> so, as I think back on my life and, and where I've been and where I've come from and where I'm going, I had a conversation the other day. And I apologize, this is kind of a flow of thoughts podcast, but it's it's where I go sometimes in my mind. It's sort of like a dog hunting. But I had a conversation the other day with someone, and they said, if you could change one thing, just one thing in your life, you could go back at any time, any point along your lifeline and change one thing, what would you change? Well, I used to I used to believe that I would change one thing and and I would change who I would marry. Um, because there were other, there were other people that I wish I had married. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not happy with my wife now, but I just, there were things that I wish I had changed at the time. Now, I don't believe this anymore, but there was a time when I would, when I would say, you know, I wish I would have married somebody differently. <laughs> but you know what? Had I done that, I wouldn't have the life I have today. I wouldn't have the children I have. I wouldn't have the grandchild I have. I wouldn't have the son-in-law that I have. I wouldn't have all these things that I that I have today that I would not give up, not for anything, not for anybody. <laughs> and so, would I change one thing? No, I wouldn't. Because every single step that I took in my past, every single event, every single choice I made, everything that happened in my past <clears throat> led me to right where I am today good or bad, it led me to where I am today. And so I have to believe that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And this is exactly what I'm supposed to be. And I am who I am because of all of those mistakes and all of those choices, the good ones and the bad ones. So I, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. Given the opportunity, knowing what I know now, you know, aside from some financial investments, you know, like maybe invest in Google or Yahoo or Amazon, um, I wouldn't change anything because 
anything I changed would have led me on a different path and it would have avoided where I am today. And so I have to believe that all the choices that I've made led me to today, but all the choices I make today will lead me to tomorrow and and, and on and on and on. And as I get older, you know, and I realize with perspective from looking back, you know, in hindsight or retrospect, I, I see where no matter the choices I made back then, it all led me to where I am now. And so I've got a good life. I really do. And that's not that I'm trying to convince myself otherwise. I love my job. I love my house. I love my family. You know, um, I like my boss. You know, I, I, I have really good friends. Um, I've had experiences beyond belief. I've gone and seen things. I've done things. I've accomplished things. You know, I, I've, I've done a lot. And I'm super, super happy with my life. Um, I don't like all the failures that I had in life. I don't like all the bad decisions that I made that caused me pain. But honestly, I mean, everything that I did prepared me for today. So, without beleaguering the point or going on and on and on. I'll finish it off here because I've gone a little further than I normally do. But uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for, you know what? Thanks for uh, being part of my journey. I, I, you know, I'm really in awe every time I look at the numbers of people that tune in to listen to what I have to say. And and I really appreciate it. I just want you to know that I, I very much appreciate every single person who takes time out of their schedule to just listen to me go on and on and on about things that probably aren't that important, but hopefully you got something out of it. Maybe it costs you to think a little bit, you know, maybe you're at a place in your life and, you know, you think, golly, I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd done that. But maybe this, maybe just hearing what I have to say puts it in perspective a little better. Maybe it doesn't. At any rate, thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate it. And uh, we will talk again. Have a great weekend.